I looked up courage in the dictionary. The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, or pain without fear. A synonym would be bravery. Well, how do you get that courage? That strength to stand in front of whatever is coming at you, whatever lies before you. Is it something you're just born with? Some people have it and some people don't, like the color of our hair. I don't think any of us would say that. I think we realize that courage is something that comes from somewhere. It's something that we develop. If you think about it, how do the doctors and nurses return day after day into the COVID-19 wards? Caring for those people. Dealing with death constantly, and yet they go back again and again. How do our police put, on their, put their lives on the line day in and day out? How do our military willingly go overseas to go into harm's way? Where does that kind of courage come from? Well, today we want to look at a story that shows us some of the ingredients some of the things that I think contribute to courage. Because we're going to look at a group of people who were in an impossible situation. Uh, we would say it was hopeless. And yet they displayed a level of courage that is inspiring to all of us. And I think it's a fitting time for us to look at this story and these people because we live in a time right now that requires some courage. The pandemic is still running strong, in some areas growing. The economic struggles are multiplying. And the future is no more certain than it was a month ago, two months ago. So I think if we can look at how our impossible God helped this group of people, I think we can learn some lessons for how we can acquire courage from God as we face our challenges. This is uh, another impossible situation. Last week we looked at the Red Sea and when Israel was escaping from Egypt and trapped between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea and how God took care of them and won a great victory for them. Well, today we want to look at another impossible situation and these are the, the, the new church leaders. As the church was brand new, the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus has now returned to heaven, ascended back to heaven, and he has left them to lead the church. The problem is they have very little experience leading anything. They were fishermen. They were bureaucrats. They were all kinds of people, certainly not trained in leadership. And yet there were thousands of new believers coming in to their group. How do you teach them? How do you care for them? There was no organization. They didn't have the New Testament to read. They faced enough challenges just on their own dealing with the success the church was having in the beginning of the book of Acts. But on top of that, they also faced persecution. The Jewish leaders who had just, with a matter of weeks ago, arrested and killed Jesus were now intent on wiping out his followers. It was called the way, 
those who believed in Jesus of Nazareth, that he was the Messiah, and they had gotten rid of Jesus, but now they wanted to get rid of his followers. And they had shown in his crucifixion that they were willing to go to any length to stop this new movement of people who believed in Jesus. And they were going to go after those new leaders, that new church, and they would need courage. So how do you find courage? Well, I think one of the first things that we learn in this story is that they had some past experiences to build on, recent past experiences. Now, while these new leaders were untried and in very many ways inexperienced and certainly not trained or educated, they had just recently seen how God handled impossible situations. Just a matter of weeks earlier, they had seen Jesus arrested, they had seen him tried, they had seen him crucified, buried, dead. And yet they had also seen how three days later, the grave could not hold him, and Jesus was alive again, and they had just spent 40 days with Jesus after his death. So they had that experience in their lives in their recent history, and they also were seeing thousands of people coming to believe in Jesus. And they knew it wasn't because of their great skills or their great marketing plan. God was doing something, and they saw God's at work, and he's doing amazing things. And the spirit that they had been given on the day of Pentecost was also helping them to work their own miracles, like Jesus had worked miracles and this whole story that we're going to look at in Acts 4 and 5 actually begins in Acts 3. Because Peter and John are heading to the temple, and there is a crippled beggar beside the road, and he asks them for money. And if you know the story in Acts 3, Peter says, you know, I don't have much money, but what I do have, I will give you, and in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And through God's power, that crippled beggar who we're told was 40 years old. Everybody saw him in Jerusalem all the time. They all knew he couldn't walk. And the whole city watches this man dancing and giving praise to Jesus. So part of courage is having that kind of experience in your belt where you've seen what God can do and that helps you have courage. I think that first lesson is something we need to remind ourselves of. We all are having times regularly, daily, weekly when we're facing struggles, when we get anxious, when fears come to us. What's going to happen? How are we going to handle this? And we don't see the answers. We don't know how it's going to work out. But one thing we can do is say, but I have seen God do this. I have seen God working here. I've seen how God is using Zoom meetings so the youth group is, is continuing to meet. I've seen how we're having more people watch our worship service now than we ever have had. God is using even this time. And you see, that allows us to build our courage because we see what God can do, what he has done. One of the best passages in the New Testament when we are anxious and fearful is Philippians 4.6. 
And basically, Paul says there, you don't need to be anxious about anything. Whatever you're facing, whatever is scaring you, you don't need to be anxious because you can do this. You can, by prayer and petition, bring your request to God. But notice that phrase that he puts there, and that it's sort of like, what? We didn't expect that one. With thanksgiving. But you see, that is a key to this kind of prayer working. Because as I'm anxious and I'm bringing my request to God, one of the things I need to also do is review, but wait a minute, God has done this, and God did take care of this, and God is still blessing me here, and I have all of these things to be thankful for. And in being thankful for all those things, reviewing what God has done, I thought, oh, God can handle this. I don't have to be anxious. If I bring what I'm worried about to him, he can take care of it. I remember what he's already done. And that's why Paul puts that phrase in there. And you see, I think the apostles were able to do that as they faced persecution. They could remember what they had seen God do. But the problem with courage is we need it every day. The fact that I faced a situation last week or the fact that my friend faced a situation or somebody in my family did, that doesn't help me today. Today, I'm going to need courage again. Past experience can only do so much when you're facing a fresh challenge. And that's what happens to the apostles. They'd seen what God could do. They'd seen him working. But in Acts 4, we read that they were arrested Verse 3, they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Now, I want you to think about something. I'd never thought of this till I was working on the sermon this week. I don't think there was any way when Peter and John were arrested and thrown in jail, they could avoid thinking about what had just happened to Jesus a matter of weeks ago. Because it was the same authorities the same guards, and the same jail where Jesus had been put. And they knew how that turned out. And now suddenly they are in the exact same place, the exact same scenario, and what awaits them? Would they have courage in that situation? Well, we see they do. They're thrown in jail, Overnight, not knowing what's coming, the next morning the Jewish leaders bring them out. And if you've got a Bible handy, I want to read three verses from Acts 4. Because how these apostles handled this when they stood in their trial is inspiring. In verse 8 of Acts 4, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to all these Jewish leaders, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, and we're being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. And if you keep reading the story, Peter goes on then to basically urge them to accept Jesus, the very leaders 
he's pointed out just crucified him. Notice verse 13. The word we're talking about today is right in Acts. When the leaders saw the courage of Peter and John, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, I think the other thing that gave Peter and John and all the apostles courage in these times was their commitment to Jesus. It's not just our past experience. It also comes from our commitment. They were going to stand for Jesus no matter what. They were in a situation where they should have been terrified and afraid for their lives. Not at all. They should have been waiting to respond to uh, uh, questions from the leaders. Not at all. Peter has the courage because of his commitment to Christ to in fact turn the tables and investigate the leaders, give them the tough questions, and preaches a gospel message to them about their need to turn their attitude around, turn their perspective around, and accept Jesus. Courage requires commitment, and it still does for us today. I read an interesting blog post about all this. I'm sure you're reading all kinds of things. But it was a challenge because in this post, this person wrote, what are the people around us seeing in us as Christians? How are they seeing us respond? Are they seeing our trust in God? Our commitment to rest in God's care? Are they seeing a faith in us? It was a challenging article. And it was an important question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we showing that kind of commitment? that Peter and John showed as they stood before the Sanhedrin. They didn't know the outcome, but they stood for Jesus. And none of us knows the outcome that we're facing in the weeks ahead. None of us knows whether we'll contract COVID-19. I tell you, it's a little crazy when you're listening to the news and you look over and say, I'm in a high-needs group or a high-risk group. I'm over 60 by far. But you see, we don't know the future. I'm not worried. I'm okay. I feel healthy. But you see, commitment says, I'm going to trust in God. And that's what Peter and John did. But one of the, one of the other things we learn from them, the, the solution is not in us. Part of courage depends on where you're looking for your answers. I think one of the reasons we are so stressed today is that where we normally look for answers is failing us. If you think about it, where do we normally look for answers when we're in trouble? Well, first of all, we look in, we look in within ourselves. Can I figure it out? Am I strong enough? Can I work hard enough? But there's so much of this that I can't handle. I can't fix it. I can't figure it out. I don't even know what's coming. Well, then we look to our careers and our, and our ability to have an income and to have money and, 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 and all of those assets, that'll carry us. And suddenly, we don't know if those are going to be here. Our, our economy is in chaos. And then in our modern world, we often look to science and technology to fix things. But science can't agree, and science hasn't figured it out. 
and we can't even make enough mass and all kinds of things. The structures aren't working that we count on. Even our government at times seems broken. So if those are the things we are looking to for our answers, we're not going to have very much courage. But the church leaders had courage in the book of Acts because they looked to God for their answers. They knew it wasn't going to be them. They knew they were going to have to have God's help. One of my favorite passages in the book of Acts is what the disciple, what the apostles did when they got out of that prison the first time. The Sanhedrin threw them out, and they gathered together with all the disciples. And if you read the whole prayer in verses 24 through 30, they get together and they pray. But if you read that whole prayer, it's fascinating what they do. Because most of the prayer is actually reminding themselves. They say, God, thank you for the God that you are. You are the mighty God of creation. You created all this. They needed to remind themselves of that. They said, thank you that you predicted this kind of opposition would happen. You know what's coming. You are in control of history. They needed to remind themselves of that. They also reminded themselves of how these same leaders had killed Jesus, but he was alive again. They as leaders didn't have the power of life and death. They needed to remind themselves of that. And after they'd reminded themselves of all of that and praised God for all of that in their prayer, in verse 29, they say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. You talk about courage. They said, God, we've just been in prison for speaking your word, the truth about Jesus. Now just help us do it more. Despite what they've done to us, despite what they've threatened us, we're going to go out there and do it more because we've seen the kind of God you are. And their courage came from God. And what they had seen him do in the past and what they knew he could do for them. Again, I think there's a lesson for us. Are you in a place in your life, a time in your life when you need courage? Where are you looking? Where are you looking for answers? Spend some time with God. Because if you're only going to look around you in your own life or, or the agencies you depend on, you're going to be afraid. But like the disciples did, do some review. Who is God? What has he done? What is he doing elsewhere? And as you review that, ask him to fill you with courage. In what you face. It worked for the disciples. It can work for you. There is a warning in this story. And that is that courage isn't a magic wand. Having courage won't just fix everything. And make everything okay. The, the Christians continued to work. But they faced persecution again. In chapter 5. They are arrested again. And they are thrown in jail. But this is even better than the first time. Because we read in verses 19 through 20 that during the night, an angel from God came and opened the door and said, walk out of the prison. But notice what else he says to them. Go, stand in the temple courts, 
and tell the people all about this new way of life, following Jesus. So um, an angel comes and miraculously frees them, but then he says, now go out and preach more, talk in the temple more. And so then the next day, if you keep reading through chapter 5, the Sanhedrin, the, the court gathers together and sends the guard and says, bring these guys to us. And they come back, the guards come back and say, sorry, they're gone. The doors were open, we don't know what happened, they're gone. And so the court's like, what are we going to do about this? Somebody else walks in and says, I found them. They're out in the temple court preaching again. Those guys you thought you had locked up, they're out there preaching again. The very thing you told them not to do. So they're brought in again. And this time they're even flogged and told, stop it. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. And at the end of chapter 5, we read that they left the court. They left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus. Did they listen to the court? 42, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And the church exploded because of humans who had no more gifts than we have, no more abilities, no more wisdom, but who had courage to trust in God. And there is a lesson for us. God will not fail us. Those leaders couldn't be stopped, and we should not be stopped in living for Jesus and having faith that he will take care of us. We have an impossible God who is working even now, and he is the one place that we can always find courage. I asked Carrie to delay communion today until after the sermon because I want us to think about communion in a little bit different way today as you partake in your home. Usually it's a time when we only focus on Jesus' sacrifice, his death, what he lost and gave up for us. But I want you to think about it today as it was also a way that Jesus accomplished a great victory. By his death, Easter happened. It wasn't just a loss. It wasn't just a defeat. It was ultimately the greatest victory. And so as we take communion today, I want it to be a time when we also realize that loss can bring incredible victory because of who God is. I hope communion can build courage in you today because it's proof of how God can win over any defeat. We're going to sing a song about Jesus being a lion and a lamb. We often think of Jesus as the lamb, the sacrifice of communion. But it also showed us how he is the triumphant king, the lion. Sing with us.